lay on her skin blankets, looking into a white mist that enclosed her and her place. The day floated like a bird on soft water. There was nothing to see but white. There was nothing to smell in the cool, damp air. Even the sound of the sea on the rocks far below, even the sea was quiet today. Hap reached out to the rock surface and touched it gently with the tips of her fingers, feeling with her eyes closed the rock feel, the loose flakes of stone, the lichen patches. When she opened her eyes, the rock colours were brighter in the white light than they had been before, glowing in the fine damp air, soft moss greens and gentle sun colours against the deep dark grey of the stone. And there, at the top of the rock where she lay, just where the overhang of their shelter began, she saw the painted hand. It was faded, almost the colour of the rock, but it gleamed in the pearl light with a different texture. For a moment, Hap studied it. She had seen such hands before, in the mountains where her family travelled in summer, to the cool streams and the deep shade shelters beside the great river. Her people had made them in the time gone. This she knew, the people who had lived here before, the people who had made the old paintings of the animals and the dancers, the paintings on the rock that her grandfather and his sister still made when they had been to the other side. Who had made this painted hand? It was a small hand, slender and delicate, a girl's hand. Had a girl made it? A girl like herself? Hap knelt on the smooth earth floor of the shelter and reached up to it. Gently, she placed her own hand over the painting, touching her precious bone bracelet with her other hand, holding her palm against the rock. It fitted perfectly. Hap is about, it's about deep time and early people, and archaeologists who are trying to reconstruct what life would possibly have been like then. And I think archaeology gives a lot of potential to writers because it's not an exact science. The scientists who make the measurements and find the stone tools and map things, that's very precise, but their theories aren't, and they change. So there's scope to write about how people were thinking in those days. We can never know. We can never really imagine them laughing or dancing or singing. Or, or what they did when it was quiet time, because they did have a lot of quiet time. Hunter-gatherers do. They're not struggling every day to get food. So for a writer, it's, it's a very fertile area to let your own mind wander. The restrictions are that you have to look at the science and know what is behind your possible story. And I spend a lot of time on the research. It's very enjoyable. And four archaeologists have checked the text and, and look for any really awful errors in it. Any errors that are in there are mine, not theirs. You know, it, it's a book I was just driven to write, and it was very, very hard to write. I was doing two jobs at the time. I had to write it on Sundays. I had a lot of support from friends who used to say to me, right, on Sunday you send another chapter, and I'd drive myself along with that. But it was difficult. Um, but it, I think things that are worthwhile are difficult to do. If it comes too easily... You haven't put enough passion into it, I think. Mm. Well, it's a story with a lot of interest for teenagers, and the interest is, I hope, there in the background structure which we talked about and you can see coming in the extract that I read. But it's also about a young woman who comes, she's 16, she comes from New York. She's had a terrible, well, you could say catastrophe in her life in New York, and she's desperately unhappy and 
not able to come to terms with, with events. She comes to South Africa to be with her father, who's an archaeologist, but during the time that she's in an isolated place with a group of archaeologists, she does come to terms with her own life through thinking about Hap and what Hap's life could be like. And I think for teenagers particularly, there's, there's a need to see that other people have the same problems. Other children, other young people have exactly the same stuff going on, and everybody has to get through it somehow. So this book is very definitely for teenagers, and I hope it, it strikes some chords with them. They can see that life is difficult, and she, she, she Lucy, the, the American girl in the story, addresses the differences between her life and Hap's. And our complicated society that we live in makes things much more difficult for young people. The book has been a long time waiting to be published, and every so often I'd fiddle with it again and rewrite this bit and add a bit here and take a bit out there and fine-tune. A lot of seeding goes on. So it's been with me for a long time, and I entered it in the Sandland because things have been quite quiet in publishing. It's difficult to get books published these days. And when it won, it was just an affirmation of not only what I do, but the fact that there is a future for children's books, that there is a reason for us to keep on writing books. And the children that we write for, all of us collectively who write for children, need our books desperately. We need to publish more. We need to, need to be more in every language and at every level. So it's a, an enormous thing to have a book like this published in this day and age, and I'm very grateful to them. I'm Leslie Beek. I write for children and young people, particularly the difficult age of teenagers, and my book, HAP, has just won the Gold Award in the English category of the Sandman Awards. <laughs>